0: Welcome to another episode of the Fit Professional One Podcast. I'm grateful that you've joined us today. I'm Paul Ayers, and with me today, I have my daughter-in-law, Emily Taylor Ayers. And I can't wait to get into the subject we're going to talk today. And that has to do with how do we balance life, career, and family and still excel at most things in life and really pursue our best life. So what we're going to do today is first have Emily tell us about you, tell us your story, and then we're just going to chat about the subject at hand. So welcome.
1: Hello. Nice to have you. Thank you. Happy to be here. Okay, so starting with my story. So I know we're talking about sport and family and life. So starting back, probably the first thing that drew me to sports or where sports entered my life would be in the fifth grade when I told my parents I wanted to play basketball. Cool. That was the first time I ever had my school offered a sport, and I remember, I don't know what brought me to it, but that was when I started, and I loved it. I think I just loved, I love being on a team, I loved the individual contribution and the team contribution, being together, and then sports really followed, have been in my life ever since.
0: Tell us why basketball.
1: Yeah, yeah, I don't know, I think it was one of the two sports offered at the time at my school, <laughs> so oh, sure. basketball was in the fall, volleyball was in the winter, so yep. basketball in the fall came first. And then a couple months later came volleyball, but yeah, I don't know. I think I liked the hand-eye coordination. I liked the physical components of the sport, the athletic components of the sport. There's just a lot that, that drew me to it. And it was also good. I think for me, I was always a student athlete in school. I always was someone who really wanted to do well and achieve in school. And I think it was positive for me to have something where I wasn't top of my class. I really had to work at it. And eventually I did become, you know, I worked my way through the ranks and went to varsity basketball and, you know, got to be a key player on the team, but I really had to work at it. Mm -hmm. So I just appreciated that, you know, it was just a different position, I guess, for me to start out in.
0: Tell us about the realization you really had to work at it. How That happened.
1: Yeah, I think there's kids. Sorry. No, go ahead. There's kids that played when they were starting at five years old right I didn't pick up a basketball till I was 10 Mm -hmm. (laughs) so I think I you know we all have different starting points and I think I didn't have there's other you know other girls that had an earlier starting point than I did so it was a little bit of like playing catch-up but then I also knew that I was athletic I knew that I was fast I had hand-eye coordination it's like I had some Mm -hmm. ingredients but not the full recipe so you're just kind of believing in myself
0: that I could do it. Yeah, yeah. key.
1: Really liked
0: it. That sounds like it was powerful, and it's kind of a neat thing to pick off. I mean, young parents looking at their kids coming in really help that faith element, which is, mm-hmm. I like to define that really simply as just expectation versus results, but that's not the end of it. You can manage it just like you pointed out. Mm-hmm. And how did, at that early age, did you, what was the drive for you? So what was the reason? Was it for fun or what was it?
1: No, that's a good, that's a good question. I think I was always drawn to athletics. And drawn to sport, I think it's the competition. I like, mm-hmm. I like you know, that component of it. I'm competitive, but also I'm a perfectionist. And it was just a good arena for me to work through, like a very positive arena to work through those things. And I think the relationship component was also really key. I was someone that moved a lot when I was younger and basketball was really my bridge. When I went from a small private school in a different town, we moved and then I went to a public school in a new place. And I remember I went to tryouts back in August and I made the JV team for basketball and I was so excited, but that was really my first group of friends. Like I knew people before I got in those school doors, you know, before, before we moved. So it was just a really positive relationship bridge. Sure.
0: Yeah. Sure. So let's roll forward and maybe you can bridge for us. So you learned a ton and there's a lot yeah. there and you're quite an accomplished student too. So what was next? Sure.
1: Yeah. So played basketball through high school and ran track all four years at high school. From high school, went to the University of Michigan. Have a bachelor's degree in chemical engineering and a minor in economics. I continued to run while I was in college. I did a triathlon, a sprint distance triathlon, and a couple half marathons while still being a student, which was exciting. Mm-hmm. And then rolling forward from there, I started working interned and then worked full-time at Procter & Gamble P&G as a process engineer and then worked my way through the ranks in the operations manufacturing side of the business up to the And all this time, I think I realized early on as an employee that I remember thinking, I don't know, probably my first year or two years of work, that I was investing a lot of time at work. I was spending a lot of hours there. This is something that I really wanted to be good at. I'm achievement-oriented. I was like, this is somewhere where I really want to excel, and I have a lot of passion in engineering and in manufacturing. But I remember thinking early on in my career that something had gone wrong where I didn't get the outcome I wanted at work. And I remember just being crushed, (laughs) Mm -hmm. devastated. And I'm like, why am I so devastated by this? Like, and I just remember feeling like my, I was having these emotional swings that were tied to my work, but it was because I wasn't balanced. Uh I didn't have things going on outside of work and it was, starting to affect me too much. Mm -hmm. But that was kind of my first signal early on that I wanted to have a couple things that I focused on. I wanted to have more of that balance so that I was more in control and that I, you know, I can have, you know, goals in different areas. And I I knew like that was what would be the most fulfilling for me.
0: I find that you're pulling me in and great job. I feel like I'm not quite there, but kind of, and that's excellent. All your background to that point, help you get through that tough time. And then like make that realization. So you came up through as a student athlete and you learned all kinds of things about yourself. You kind of beat the odds. You shared with us, it it helped you in your socialization and make friends and all that stuff. Now we fast forwarded through Michigan and your internships and what you shared with us. So that background as a student athlete and how did that position you so you could make get through the hard time and also decide what to do about it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I think when I'm out of college and then I'm in the workforce, it was just figuring out like what is sport or athletics? Is that something I want to keep in my life? And in what, in what way, you know, how does that show up for me as in this new phase of my life? And I think I realized from in the first year or two, I was like, okay, this is something I want in my life. because so I'm happier with it in there. And it was just finding the right way to fit it in, I guess, with my schedule with just like other commitments and recognizing this is something I value and want to make room for so
0: yeah that's excellent it kind of answers another question R does that is going to ask and what can you imagine what it would be like if you didn't yeah have that component in your life and you kind of experienced that and then readjusted and went back and included yeah you know mind body spirit
1: I think to add on to that, I think one thing that not having that in my life is something that I experienced, you know, rolling forward in my experience. So I told you I worked for Factor and & Gamble and now currently, present day, I work for Nessie Carina, and I have a daughter. She's 18 months old. She's...
0: And I have a granddaughter.
1: Yes, She's the absolute best. Yeah. And you said you. Hey, you're welcome. And I think there was a time so when I went back to work after coming up after I had my daughter coming back from maternity leave. There was a time where I'm nursing, so I'm pumping at work. I'm a new parent, I'm in the workforce, I'm trying to navigate it all, and I couldn't find a way to fit it in. I had too many balls in the air, and I was like, I just can't fit this in. So, in the recent, in the last year, I've had that experience where I'm like, man, I can't fit it in. What does my look like without it being in there? Hmm. And I think, I don't know, I realized that it's just a source of pride for me. It's a source of something where I really find I'm proud that I'm able to do things, that I'm able to athletically and that I, I have goals, you know, in this area of my life, I'm able to achieve them and work towards them. I'm an engineer and a planner, so yes. I love execute. I set and a an plan.
0: athlete, yeah, <laughs>
1: yeah, and an athlete. So I love setting a plan, like checking those boxes mm-hmm. and feeling like I'm, you know, working towards something greater. So that was something that I didn't have when I first came back into the workforce. And then once I stopped nursing my daughter after she turned a year, I stopped pumping at work. I added that back in and it's been so much more fulfilling for me.
0: Before my next question, I just want to acknowledge you. You are a spectacular young woman. Yeah, I mean, get kind of broken up crowd. I mean, it's an honor to have you here, what you've accomplished and the way you go about doing what you do and the way you plow through adversity, get stuff done and, and just head toward the future. And you're really doing a great job, at least from this chair, of chasing your very best life. And that's why I think you are a perfect guest to be talking about this subject. So you know, congratulations. And it's been just a blast watching you do that. Yeah. It's just great. Call out to your mom and dad. They've done a great job. Your siblings are all accomplished Yeah. and super successful. And if you think it's appropriate, you can talk about them too. Or not. (laughs) Don't want to get in trouble. No,
1: absolutely. I can talk about them too. So yeah, my parents, Yeah, I I have amazing parents. My dad, he is from the Northeast. He is where he was born and raised, but he's an industrial engineer. His bachelor's in industrial engineering. He has his MBA as well. My mom, she has a bachelor's in business and an MBA. So they're both well-educated. They both were a dual-career couple when it was less common, I guess, to be so. So they both were in the workplace, my mom and dad, so they have four kids. And my mom, they relocated a number of times when I was younger. So when I was born until when I was seven, I believe we moved five times. So they managed having a family, having four kids, You know, relocating, they're both working the whole time. They wonder went so much at a time where they didn't necessarily have role models that were doing the same thing. Mm -hmm. i guess so i just really appreciate you know the path that they showed me and the example that they set for me and especially my mom she worked until she was seven months pregnant with my youngest brother so full time and yeah i remember even now like she told me well i had to every time we moved i had to find a new nanny and then a new sitter and then there was different not as many childcare options out there and it was so different back then so i just appreciate what they went through uh, I admire them both so, so much. And I think I now appreciate the resources available to me now and just the tools, I guess, I have at my disposal. So what I can elaborate on that. What I mean by that is now so I work for Nessie Karina and my daughter goes to the daycare that's on campus. So I work at the corporate, the headquarters in St. Louis, Missouri, and the daycare is on campus. It is, you have to pay for it, but you know it's zero commute, which is amazing, and it's a great benefit. You know, and- It's definitely a draw to that company for me. It was one of the reasons when I was looking for jobs, Mm -hmm. uh, it was one of the reasons I picked them was because there was a number of working women there that I had met. So I should back up. I have my MBA, just like my parents Mm -hmm. do, (laughs) from the Washington University in St. Louis. And when I got my MBA, there were particularly women in my MBA class that worked at Purina. And that's something I always notice as a woman, as an engineer, is how many people are Currently in the company that I would work with that are also women or that are also have just that similarity. Mm -hmm. So that's what drew me to the company was I was like, there's working women, there's people here that are mothers and fathers, they have daycare on campus, they have great benefits, and it's a
0: competitive company. I'm just sitting here kind of in awe, and I'm so proud of you. And I know your family is too. There, there's so many questions I have, and I bet the listeners do too. So we're going to get to that great culture you're in right now, but let's talk about first the modeling and impact that maybe you didn't realize at the time of your whole family culture what you've been through and how you've adjusted, that's clearly something that young parents and young families are going to want to try to figure out their version of. But what parts of that could maybe you pull out and suggest that others think about and include based on you growing up? And then what you're using now, maybe that's the way to do it. I
1: think something had when I was younger and something that I am using and will use with Evelyn is my parents were always big on education. Education, school came first, and that was really important in our household from the beginning and with all four of us, with all, you know, all my siblings. And that's something that I feel today, like education really opened doors for me. And I'm, you know, I'm grateful that my parents laid that path for me, that they helped me with my, you know, tuition and expenses. Hmm. in undergrad especially and I remember when we moved school districts when I was in high school we moved we moved intentionally to a house where it was in a school district that was excellent it was one of the best in Michigan so even now with with Evelyn it's something that is important to me she's so young it's not school but her development is very important to me and giving her opportunities where she's you know sharpening her social skills because those are the kind of skills that She doesn't have, that's her kind of education at the, yeah, it's more so like social skills and letters and numbers and, Mm -hmm. you know, those kinds of things. But it shaped me and it's something that I will do for her because I want to open those doors for her.
0: Yeah. And something that is clear is you had opportunity, but you took advantage of it. Yeah. And so that's really a, a nice segue into, to kind of talk about this concept of where does drive come in? Where is ambition? Where are our goals? And so maybe you could tell us about how you look at that how that impacts what you're doing now as you chase your best life.
1: Sure, yeah. I think what, like the textbook definition, I, right? Are I think, think it's or? different
0: for I think it's very personal, actually. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay.
1: I think for me, like, I think of drive as something that comes from within, mm-hmm. right? And I think it's something I realized I was driven probably around, like, adolescence. I was realizing, like, probably when basketball and sports kind of grew into my life was like, wow, I'm, I'm more driven than my teammates to work towards this, you know? Mm-hmm. Or I'm more driven than my classmates to work towards this. It was this drive of... Just wanting, I'm a perfectionist and it's something that shows up in my life and whether it's work, whether it's at home, I to be the best mom and the best way, or it's in athletics, setting, you know, those goals for my different races and trying to meet those. So I think it's, for me, I think of drive as something that's more internal yeah. and it's, it's something that I have and I just want to make sure I have positive channels or positive outlets mm-hmm. to use it. <laughs> yes
0: you know. <laughs> right. So roughly Evelyn's 18 months, yeah,
1: 18 months, 18
0: months. So that's not that long ago that you gave birth to a wonderful, yeah. healthy baby. And this weekend you're running a marathon.
1: Yeah, my first. Yeah. Okay.
0: Congratulations. <laughs> um, I have you. no doubt that you're going to do fabulously. How, is, how does that come full circle? What you just described from Drive and Ambition. Yeah. And now you have to do the hard work. Yeah. How does one feel the other?
1: Yeah, I think I realized, and this is something I learned when I worked for Procter & Gamble, was that I believe you have to love your life right now. You have to love whatever it is you're doing in the present. And I think when I worked for PNG, I felt like I was always chasing the next role. I'm like, I'll be happy when I get to this level. I'll be happy in the next assignment. No, I I was wrong. I got promoted. I'll be happy in two assignments. (laughs) you know, then I'll have better balance in my life. Mm. Then I'll be able to do these things. That'll be my unlock. And I felt like I just kept chasing and, you know, years go by and I wasn't living my best life. And I think to answer your question of how do you apply it is that I love my life. I love it now. And I love training. I do. There's some days where it's more of a grind, but I love the work that goes into it. Mm-hmm. I get a lot of the reward for me, the meeting my goal. It's not about finishing the race tomorrow. I feel like I've already met it. It's all those tick marks that I do out on my training yes. plan, right? It's every day that I tick it off. I'm really proud of myself.
0: Yeah, I'm proud of you too. I mean, it's <laughs> outstanding. So but when you're doing that, and here sits a couple of engineers talking and then analytical MBAs in analytical jobs. Mm-hmm. So what you just said, I love that. I love that, that you love the training. I do. And so let's sneak in that word that I know you know a lot about is process. Mm-hmm. So has that been part of it, kind of set up? Some people call it a routine, but when you're training, though, mm-hmm. it's a real process because you're getting an adaption. So tell us about that athletically, but also the adaptions as a young family. Yeah, Doesn't that happen? Yeah,
1: it does. And I think that's part of why I love the training, right? It's part of why I love the work is that as an engineer, like we're analytical thinkers and we also like to deal with things a process of flow, right? A yeah. flow of something that's kind of continuously moving where you can make a tweak along the way, see your reaction, and, and kind of dial it in. Yes. So for me, I've made a couple adjustments along the way that I told you I love my life, but it's made my life better, right? And yes. I love it
0: more. So yes. So exactly.
1: I think it's been fun to make those adjustments. One to give you one example, one adjustment I need partway through my training plan was I moved my long runs. So I my long runs are two hours to like three hours and 20 minutes of running. I do them once a week. I was doing them on Saturdays while Evelyn napped and my runs got longer and it was hard to fit it all in. I get back, she's awake, I'm showering, and I felt like I was losing time with her. So I moved those to be Friday mornings. I work from home. I have the ability to work from home on Friday mornings. So I would just run early in the morning, just roll right into my workday. But that was an example of let me figure out, you know, I'm still having the same athletic performance. But from that, I got better, like, family engagement and family time by that adjustment to my schedule.
0: So great, great takeaway for people struggling with it is the calendar and time can be your friend if you figure it out. Yeah. And it's cool you had the opportunity, but also the wherewithal. It's not all so obvious, is it? It, Mm -hmm. It's not a simple thing. To change up a family calendar.
1: Yeah, it can be really tough. And I think it's about, for me, I have an amazing partner in your son. He's so supportive. And yeah, he's just the best. I'm getting a <laughs> little talk about it. <laughs> yeah, he's just the best. Yeah. And I think I know that, you know, the things that are important in my life right now are our family, our work, and our, our sports. Yeah, And it's not just that I want those things for myself, but I want them for Alex yeah. too. Right. And I think we want that for each other. You're emotional. getting me
0: emotional too. <laughs> and that, this is outstanding. And so that, that's a... Perfect. Thank you for sharing that with us because the role, the rollover from you taking care of you, it just, it's another kind of cycle or process. So you have your husband and your daughter and your work peers and your siblings and your mom and your dad and your in-laws and all of that. It just, it's fun to watch because you're not trying to present yourself better. You're trying to chase your best life, but you, everybody notices and benefits from it. And isn't that, I don't know if I captured that right. How would you help me say that? Help me talk about the benefits of what you're doing to everybody yeah, else.
1: I think you talk or you think about like people, a lot of times people need to see something for them to like know it's possible. Right. I know. I talked before about how when I was looking at companies, I was looking for people that had similar interests to me that were already there, right? Yes. Had similar goals to me that were already there. Um, so
0: alignment.
1: Yeah, it's maybe it's more yeah, alignment. And I think with this, I you know said that family, athletics, and I call it really health and work. You know, those mm-hmm. are three things that I want for myself. There are things that I want for my husband too. Mm-hmm. And the things that I want I want to show that example to my daughter. I want her, whatever her three are, I want her to go after it. Yes. I want her to chase it with a drive, right? With a tenacity. But for her to do that, I feel like I should be giving her that example.
0: Yeah. What I like to point out too, I think, is when endurance athletes or anybody in sport that's using that for that kind of third pillar I might talk about the horseman here in a minute it feels like you're away from your family you even said that but what you're doing is you're investing you're getting an adaption and you're really investing in your family does that ring true with you
1: yeah I think you show up as your best self Right. Yeah. like you I talked before about how when something went off in work like I felt that personally that affected me outside of work right yeah. when I wasn't balanced but now that I'm more balanced I am more present and I'm more in control of, of how I show up, right? Because I'm getting, you know, positive feedback loops from different areas yes. of my life. I'm more confident. And I think especially having Evelyn, so having a daughter, I want her to be confident, right? I want her to know what she brings to the table. I want her to be proud of herself. And if I want her to be those things, I need to, to model that.
0: Over. Yes. Well said. Well said. Because the investment in yourself helps accomplish all of that. And I really encourage people to take the time when you start, let's talk about that transition for somebody who's not doing what you're doing. And so they're thinking about adding this, they have family and career, and they're thinking about adding sport, or maybe they want to do a marathon in whatever time it takes them to get ready. How would you encourage them? How would you tell them to start? What should they do?
1: Yeah. I think you start at the beginning of saying like, what's important to me and why do I want to do this? I think Mm -hmm. you start with your why. I think I knew already coming in, like I have a really strong why, like I already knew, like I am my best self when I have these three strong, like these three aspects showing up in my life. And when you have that strong why, then it's easier to make, you know, shuffle your time and make trade-offs mm-hmm. and choices. So I think you, you start there first and figuring out what's really important to you. And then you really start small. Like if you are starting from doing little athletics to to now doing this, I mm-hmm. think you got to step yourself up and be, we talked about process and adjustment, be willing to adjust as you go. Mm-hmm. When I after I had, so i never run a marathon before. I've run probably 10 half marathons, if I had to guess, but I've never run a marathon. And after having Evelyn, you know, I really did, just from a physical recovery standpoint, I went from no physical activity, very limited physical activity for a while for, I don't know, I don't think I ran for probably yeah. four to six months. <laughs> you have to recover. Yeah, you got to recover. Yeah, I probably didn't run. I mean, I walked, but I probably didn't run for four to six months, and now... Probably a year later, I'm doing this, maybe a little more than a year. But I think maybe you first figure out where you're going to have the time and just fill that time with something, some amount of physical activity. So I like, okay, this is important to me. I can carve out 30 minutes every day, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And it's not about like, oh, I need this to be the best, most, you know, I need to sweat it out and I need to leave it all on the table for those 30 minutes. I think it's really just about being active and being
0: consistent. And you said earlier, enjoy the process. Mm -hmm. Enjoy the training. Yeah, find something you enjoy.
1: Absolutely. If you're training too hard, or you are wearing yourself thin after every workout, are you really loving it? You know.
0: That's a really good sign too for people that, in my experience, and maybe you can share if you've had, is just that when it becomes no fun. Yeah. For you can always be really tired and have a bad day. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about kind of the the prolonged blues start to set in and it's a drudgery Mm -hmm. that's, maybe a sign, it could be number one, you're way overworked, Mm -hmm. but it could be maybe instead of running, you should ride a bike (laughs) or, (laughs) or instead of either of those, who knows, do, do rucksacking or Mm -hmm. something that's physical. The point is to move. Yeah. Yeah. So I want to talk about this concept of family leverage, and I don't mean that in a negative sense, Mm -hmm. because I think you've described the impact of taking care of yourself has positive family leverage and so somebody on the bubble how am i going to fit this in mm-hmm. uh, how can we convince them that besides what we've already shared mm-hmm. so really now we're looking at the other members of our family instead mm-hmm. of ourselves how do we do that how do we get them on board how do we get them used to it or yeah. whatever that is
1: no i i hear you like i said i think starting with the why is really important you can't convince someone someone of something they they don't want to do right mm-hmm. So I think having that really strong, like, why is important to start. And then I think you, each person is different. I think you look at your life, you look at your time, you look at kind of your schedule and you try to find synergies. I think that's something with having Evelyn, synergies for me are more important than ever. Mm -hmm. Um, Just because I have more constraints on my time. So When I choose to make a trade-off, when I choose to fit things in, I need it to be really efficient. Mm -hmm. So it's, you know, running is something, or walking or things that are really accessible, right? You don't need a lot of gear. You could probably just walk out of your house (laughs) and just just go. Yeah, that's a big deal. Yeah. It's
0: just less time.
1: Yeah, so I think it's about folks that are just getting started you know removing barriers so that it's as easy for them to ease into it as possible finding synergies so things where maybe people they live on a you know they live next to a park or maybe it's they love to garden you yeah. know or maybe it's finding these different things that are physical activities but are really accessible to that person So as an example for me, I, Evelyn goes, as I shared, she goes to daycare during the day on my work campus and daycare, they close, last call, they close at six. They stay past six, they get fines and Hmm. yeah, you don't want to stay past six. So I know hard stop, hard stop and then I also have a boundary where I try not to work at home. Mm -hmm. And if I do have to work at home, it's going to be after Evelyn goes to bed. Mm -hmm. So I have some firmer boundaries around my time. And now as a result of having these boundaries, I know I need to run when I have childcare lined up Mm -hmm. (laughs) and I know daycare closes at six. So as a result, I run during my work day now. So I run during my lunch. Three days a week, I run during my lunchtime. I take the elevator down to our work gym. I change quickly, I run, I come back, shower quickly, and I'm back at my desk, I do, I run five miles a day. I bet
0: most days it's totally refreshing.
1: <laughs> it's, It's just yeah, like no, it totally like shifts my mood. I'm more productive in the afternoon, and I'm away from my desk. I think it's like an hour and ten minutes. I've gotten that like good for you. But that's something that like each person's situation is different, right? But that's something that works. Those are synergies that exist for me in a different working situation. And
0: one thing I know about you guys is you talked about the why, but there's such a thing as the family's why. Mm. Oh expand on that. I mean, that's important when we're talking about this family leverage. Yeah. You kind of said it earlier, but what do you think? I mean, lots of communication, right?
1: Yeah. You're saying like my family's why or why I yeah. want to do
0: this. Well, when you start out on any kind of program, like I'm going to chase a marathon, mm-hmm. that's significant time investment from zero. Oh yeah. And so there's changes that have to happen. Mm-hmm. And so when there's a lot of communication regarding all the positive things we're talking about here. Here. And then especially when they start to show up, yeah. it kind of solves the problem. Mm-hmm. But for those out there that are trying to get going, we've made the point, you know, we just have the communication, give it a try. And okay. what? What are you good at? Stick to it.
1: Yeah,
0: out through. Don't mm-hmm. stop on the hard days. That's a nice segue into what I would like to run by you. Two is, is this idea of micro stressors. I know you know what they are. They're little things. <laughs> and, well, for instance, you get home from a long day of work and Evelyn drops her milk on the floor, but this time the safety cap comes off. Okay. Yeah, you know, those kind of like that day you mm-hmm. can probably go into your memory and pull out. And the one point I want to make for the listeners I think those micro stressors are better handled when you have this kind of a process going on. It doesn't mean they don't knock you a little bit askew, yeah, but true. I think that's just an excellent side benefit of this? I mean, have you experienced that at all?
1: Yeah, I think and I have goals and I'm working towards things in those three areas of my life, I'm just more centered, right? I'm more confident. I'm self-assured by what I'm working towards, right? Like I, I feel balanced. Um, I feel in control, right? I feel like pretty emotionally steady. And your emotional thermometer, you have a lower starting point when those micro stressors start versus you're higher up, a higher temperature. On your yeah. emotional thermometer, <laughs> yeah. when those emotional, you know, those micro stressors hit.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That's been a side benefit for me. Just way cooler cucumber over time. So have you felt like this has caused a lot of, for you now, looking into Emily here, Mm -hmm. sacrifice to get to this process? Does it feel like sacrifice or not?
1: I think there are times where it is more, maybe a little bit more of a grind or where you're working. You can tell you're like putting in the work, you know, to get the payoff. I think to answer your question, yes, right, there Mm -hmm. is sacrifice, and for me, it's really in, like, the intentionality and kind of the scheduling and trying to fit all the pieces together and having to plan, you know, days and weeks out to make it all work, right? I think that, for me, is the part where it's like, all right, I need to spend my brain power on
0: this. (laughs) Uh, That's, (laughs) you know, that's It's brilliant because you nailed two things in one quick comment that I wanted to point out and make sure we talked about and wondered about your family. So number one, you plan with intention and you minimize sacrifice. I capture yep. <laughs> another way to say what you just said. And I think that's a great takeaway for the listener that's trying to get going is, mm-hmm. is it's not major sacrifice when there's good communication and yeah. you're doing what you're doing with intention. Although it doesn't mean it's zero, but it's way less, I think. Yeah. I'm going to embellish. A couple thousand-year-old story, just really quickly, and not try to scare the listener off. I call these the big three or the three horsemen. So that's family, sport, and career. And in the book Revelations, they talk about the four horsemen. And I just don't know if I believe in the coincidences anymore, but it's quite interesting to me that the first horseman carries a bow, and the second horseman carries a sword. The third one carries scales, actually, for balance. And then the fourth one is death. And getting out of the morbid zone here, my real question is the no list. Do you have a no list? And what I'm trying to say is most of the sources I've talked to say when you get to four big things, it's most human beings can't keep that going at least for a long period of time. So maybe it's a long way to get to a short question it is. But that is, do you have a no list or what did you have to stop doing? To pull this off? Because I think in my life, that's been a major facilitator of a lot of things.
1: Yeah, I think I'm glad you bring it up because I think if you're not intentional and you're not making the choices on the front end, your life will make the choices in the back end, right? Ah, like if you, if, if I don't have time for things and I'm saying yes now, something will fall through the cracks. Mm-hmm. Later right? Like I'd rather say no proactively (laughs) and help manage the stress (laughs) up front and then also meet all my commitments. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So I know I can relate to what you're talking to and and really appreciate it. I think I don't have a no list per se, but things that I did stop doing in order to start doing this. You mentioned I was nursing Evelyn and it was something where I couldn't, I had just, once I stopped nursing, then I could, you know, work towards this. That Mm -hmm. was something that and nursing Evelyn was really important to me. Mm-hmm. So I knew I had to hold that firm. That was a yes for me. And once I dropped that, then I had a little bit more time. The The other thing is social media. So I felt like I was spending time like looking at my phone after work or I'm with Evelyn, but then so I'm going to take a picture of her, but let me post that picture while I'm with her and edit it. And I felt like I just wanted to have like more quality time, one less distraction and one less, I don't know, one less like daily trade-off where I'm daily trying to manage not being on my phone i'd rather just delete those things and not be on them period mm-hmm. so i'm not on you know instagram facebook i think i still have accounts but they have not been logged into for coming up on i don't know facebook's many years instagram's about a year now i don't have any social media and that's an intentional mm-hmm. <laughs> i guess the social media is a no for me <laughs>
0: mm-hmm.
1: so yeah that caught drops
0: yeah. Just a couple more questions. One thing I'm interested in is, is just demographics. So how does this change for 20 somethings, 30 somethings, 40 somethings? Let's assume they all have families okay. uh, or different stages. But so maybe a better way to ask that question is you guys are 30 somethings. You have an 18 year old. In 10 years, you're going to be 40 something. Yep. I'm sorry. 18. Months. No, you're good. <laughs> Whoops. Boy, time flies. I know we know. You
1: know sorry, really that. Yeah. But, but, so in 10 years, you're going
0: to be 40 somethings. And 20 years Do you see anything changing in the baseline of what we're talking about today as time moves forward? I think
1: there is definitely like question marks for me as I move forward and like my processes are going to change I told you like a lot of what I do now is built on synergies I have mm-hmm. with my work with my life with my current child care situation I don't know like what Evelyn's school schedule is going to be what child care is going to look like for me you know 10 years from now if Evelyn's going to be in sports and we're going to be shuttling them from you know mm-hmm. from school to sport to you know camps on the weekend. there's a lot of question marks for me in terms of like the details what does my day and weeks kind of look like so I think those three areas of family health athletics and work are still going to be there for me but my days are going to look different Mm. and i I don't know what that is yet, but I do at least, especially now have the confidence that I know I'm going to figure it out, Mm -hmm. right? I know that I'm going to find a way. I don't know what that way is yet.
0: (laughs) You have tons of tools and experience and ability. I have all the confidence in the world in you guys. And of course, you're going to meet people that are there and pick their brains and pull what you might want to try and all that kind of thing. We know that'll happen, but I think it's unique for every family and every family's got to figure it out along the way. So I'll give you a heads up. I really appreciate you being here. I'm going to go through a takeaway or two that I have so you have a chance to kind of think about yours. And then if you have any advice for the listener or something that we didn't cover that you'd like to talk about. So I really like my, because of you, but for me, it's really easy. Easy to remember now when you talked about with plan with intention to minimize sacrifice and probably maximize outcomes. It's just a really neat, easy way that sounds more business, but it applies to families. And then of course, the underlying foundational communication and aligned whys are just that you've definitely reinforced that those are very, very important among a whole bunch of other things. But those are some things that are really going to stick with me. I think for
1: me, I appreciate you asking about my family and kind of pulling them in and asking me about, you know, my background far back to when I started sport because those aren't things that I, I think about right or dwell on. And a takeaway for me is I know it's always been front of mine. Like I need to do things that I need to model for Evelyn the behavior that or the life I want her to live. But I appreciate our conversation because now I'm like, oh, I'm I'm also modeling the life my parents, you know, mm-hmm. that they showed me. So I appreciate you kind of reaching back into my background and giving me that insight that we are modeling, you know, the behavior that we ourselves have seen. So yeah, that's something yeah. I appreciate.
0: Outstanding. Well, and again, I just a thrill to have you here today. Thank you for coming and talking to us. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Fit Professional One. Thank you. It's not time to get to work actually today. It is the end of the day. So it's great having you with us. See ya.